0: Hey there, it's Kelly from ZinniMe. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinnime.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast, or if you're on the website, watching our video blog. And today I am joined with Samara Stone. She's a licensed clinical social worker the founder of the Stone Foundation and the Perfected Practice. I am thrilled to have her here as we are going to talk about branding. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I think we've known about each other for years. And then recently I saw a post on Instagram of yours and I was like, she's doing something new. I need (laughs) it. I need to find out about this. And I'm lucky I came across it because I'm sometimes oblivious to what else is going on. So I was so excited to see it. And there was something about the way it was done that felt refreshing and a viewpoint that hadn't been shared before. I just remember reaching out and being like, what are you up to (laughs) with this branding stuff? So that's the power of branding right there. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I think, um, Whenever I think about what branding is, it is just what you said. Somebody being able to hear or see what you're putting out there and immediately think, oh, wow, what is that? What is that? What isn't branding? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It is not a Crayola conference or a place where people just select random colors and pull them together on, you know, a website or a business card or, you know, Mm stationery. Branding's also not what someone does to you or for you. You know, I think a lot of times when, especially as therapists, we think about branding, it really is a very narrow kind of thought around, these are just how I choose colors that I'm going to use when I'm making my website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I also think branding is also not something that isn't a part of who you are. You know, it's not this exterior thing that some marketing mm-hmm. specialist is going to do it really is um, discovering this, this part of who you are and, and being able to articulate that in a way where it resonates with people and, and they can really connect with what it is you're saying.
0: So when you got in, I mean, you've been coaching for a long time. Since mm-hmm. what, when did you say? I started in
1: 2013. So this is our fifth year offering services for mental health professionals that are building private practices. Mm-hmm.
0: And then why branding? So you know what
1: I noticed? Well, first, let me say this. I've always been someone that's interested in design and colors and images, and mm-hmm. that's my personality and something I like.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And so
1: when doing my own work and creating my websites or creating things that we were doing for social media, I always have done all of my own design work. hmm As I started working with my clients, I really noticed that that was like a place where things started to fall apart for them. We can create all of the nuts and bolts of what the business needs in order to thrive. We can talk about money. We can talk about, you know, uh, marketing strategies, but without a clear sense of what your brand is and some thought behind creating the right brand, I find that folks were either not attracting clients into their practice at all, or they were doing what I might think is a bit worse, attracting the wrong clients into their practice and not enjoying the work they were doing. Right. And so I, I felt like in order for me to be of good support to the therapists that were a part of the Practice Pros community, the, the work that I do in our mentorship program, I knew that branding always needed to be a part of it. But I didn't know just how central it was to them getting to build a practice that was really a perfect fit for them. And as Mm -hmm. I saw that, I've started to turn up the volume on doing that work with them and now doing it for other, you know, other professionals, too, who may not be in our full mentorship program. But this piece is missing as they're looking to build practices that really work for them.
0: How do you think it gets, why do you think it gets overlooked? I mean, I have my theories, but I'm curious what you're
1: so I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, one is that it is kind of hard. <laughs> it's kind of like self-surgery, trying to look into your own soul and extract, like, in words and colors and images, the essence of what you're all about and why you do what you do. That's mm-hmm. not... I um,
0: that can attest to that. <laughs> I'm like, i hate it.
1: <laughs> it's not fun. It is not... No. <laughs> not when done by oneself, right? It, it and, what? A part of what happens too is that people don't really think that it's necessary until they run up into the decision fatigue that's associated with building a business. So once you say, okay, I know I need a website and you go and you find your web designer and things are, you know, it looks like his work is perfect. You think, oh, he'll be perfect for me. And then he sends you over the pre-work and it says, what are your colors? What are your fonts? What is your messaging? What images do you want to use? And you're like, Oh, you're supposed to know
0: that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, And the truth is, you're, you know, great designers are not always great branders or strategists. They are tech folks that understand code and can build something really beautiful when you tell them what to build. Um, and so I found that, you know, people will overlook that step but run right smack into it when it's time to make decisions on marketing. Um, and so they'll double back. I think another reason, too, is that it feels like something uh, like an, uh, a luxury expense, right? You oh. know, branding, You know, I need clients first. I don't, I don't need a brand. What I need are some clients, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think it's kind of a, a step that they think, well, I'll come back and, and brand my practice later after I've started making some money, right? And I do understand that thought. I mean, of course, we have to prioritize budgets and make sure that things make sense. Um, But I still think it's important to do at least some of the discovery piece in what you're trying to communicate with folks so that you're building on a framework that works. So you don't need a, a, you know, fancy pants website in order to have a brand that's authentic, that's honest, and that's clear and resonates with who you are, right? So it doesn't, it's more about you knowing what it is you're trying to convey than it is getting the fancy pants website to, to put it out there in the world, right?
0: Yeah. I think that's what I find hard sometimes when people invest in the, like you said, the Crayola conference. I love that term. Um, Oh, that's such a great visual, Mm -hmm. but there's a disconnect from a color scheme to a message to the connecting of the pain of who you're wanting to bring in through the doors. And so You know, like you're saying, it's not about spending all the money on this great logo, because the logo is just kind of the red herring to really doing the work of who you are. That's right. That is right. And so for
1: me, I think it's about becoming brand confident. It's about being clear about who you want to serve why you want to do this work, what makes you unique and different? You know, we always talk to folks about having a niche because it's terribly important that you have that. And I think all of us have a unique niche. And it's not just the demographics and the challenges we support people with. Sometimes that niche is the style that you have and the way that you do what you do, how you make people feel, the energy you bring into the room. You want to be aware of that. So that you can be intentional in using that as you're building the, the, the audience and the clients that you're going to be working with,
0: right? Do you ever see this, that um, when you work with clients to have an awareness of how they show up, there's a bit of disconnect because out of the idea of humility maybe, or it's too vulnerable to think about ourselves in some positive light. We're really good at being hard on ourselves and saying like, oh, well, I could be doing this better and this better. And that prevents us from really accessing the strengths of how are you different than the person down the street? It doesn't mean we need to put someone else down to feel better, but it's about understanding your uniqueness, like as a human being and how that shows up in the room.
1: I love what you're saying. To me, I think of this as contrast. It's not comparison. It's not competition. Ah, it's contrast, I like that,
0: right? Yeah, I like that.
1: And and I feel like it is hard for folks to own that. Just the same way that it's hard to own being an expert. Period. In anything, right? <laughs> but our clients need to feel our competence and our expertise for them to trust that we they can help us. I mean, that we can help them to navigate these challenges they're facing, right? And so some of it is about being confident enough to own your expertise. And to be honest enough about, you know, times when you have done good work and and how you want to build a business that allows you to do more of it. Um, I think some of it, too, the way that we approach branding as mental health professionals might be a little different than what a marketing firm does or what a big you know, PNC Bank does with their branding. Um, Because so much of this is about connection and authenticity for me. It, you know, we don't choose this field um, for reasons that are not altruistic. And Mm -hmm. so for us to do our best work, we have to connect with that side of ourselves. And so more than you're an expert because you're awesome and you're great, it's about you're an expert because you've got a unique purpose and a unique way of doing things. And Mm -hmm. your clients are waiting for you. They need to know that you can support them and help them. And until we frame this this gift that you have and this service that you can provide in a way that they understand, they won't even know that you're there. They won't know you're there. And so it's about visibility for people that are hurting and making sure that we can be an available resource for folks that are a good fit for us to support.
0: Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. I think that's one of the blocks for people on branding uh why we choose the Crayola conference over the authenticity pieces that well it all comes back to vulnerability brene Brown but i <laughs> being seen is hard um for various reasons, whether it's being seen in our physical state but also emotional vulnerability um uh I think it's something that people that's why branding gets overlooked sometimes because we don't
1: yeah it's easier to focus on the client the website the business card and less so to focus on well who am i in all of this right but i have found that once we dial into the brand i had one client recently where the the problem would had to do a lot with what i call the sweet spot so she had created what felt like an appropriate professional image for herself. Like she she had all of the the right uh, credentials lined up perfectly and everything was fitting nice and neat in a box, but she did not feel like a person. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the business self that she created was so different than who she was as an individual. It was hard for her to merge those two together enough that mm-hmm. clients could see her underneath all of those credentials, Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and on some level, once you pass the smell test with credentials, clients are more <laughs> interested that um, you can really, that you care enough about what's going on with them and are able to support them than they are, um, you know, exactly what school you went to and what your GPA was, right? So, I don't even
0: remember my GPA. <laughs> right,
1: that, That's okay. The credentials, and when we lead with that, it is a smokescreen that puts an additional, you know, unnecessary barrier between us and the people that we're here to support. Right. And so I think for her helping her own these other professional and personal sides, it, it created a real magic in her brand. And as we started doing that work, she found herself attracting clients that were a much better fit. It didn't Mm -hmm. feel like a clinical dry experience. It really felt like she was on purpose and, and Mm. able to do some work that was in alignment with what her values were and what's important to her.
0: Right. I think you need a shirt that says "I'm purpose. <laughs> I love <it. laughs> like that. I, love says, it. I, I stay on purpose. And then uh-huh. everyone can buy it. And when they get dressed in the morning, they need to remember. Because I think oh. I I like that. I, I like that I like that languaging around um because that's what it is. That is why we go into the work we do. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. mind if I divert a little bit and talk about I mean, you own a group practice, and this is the other aspect, too, of who am, so the branding, my vulnerability, my story, but I have a group, <laughs> Yeah. so how do you work with that in terms of, what are, what are your thoughts about that piece?
1: I love that. So that is where we brand around values, right? So expertise, that's great, and in our practice, we really do encourage people to develop their own individual ideal clients. Um, so we, we take them through an ideal client discovery, which is very similar to the work that I do in branding. It's interesting. I think this is kind of, now that I'm sharing you with the, this with you, I see this as like the precursor of my branding work because we've been having people do ideal client discovery work when they enter the practice way back from 2008, 2009. Because mm-hmm. it was the best way for us to match them with the clients that were a good fit as the referrals were coming in.
0: Which can I say, yes, is, is good to keep people in your practice is yes. when they are happy. So, this is all like it's yes. good for the client, it's good for your business, it's good for the therapist. That is like a triple win. So, it
1: okay. is a <laughs> triple win, and it's also good for the brand because now mm-hmm. people associate your practice with being a place where they're going to get expert support from a therapist that's really interested and and engaged with them, right? I mean, that has some expertise in what they're doing and not just uh, group as generalist service provider, you know, ACME therapy practice, but really something that is a specialized support, even in a group dynamic, right? Um, And so for us, we have folks that work with children, folks that work with couples, folks that work with adults, people that do family work, but then we also have folks who focus on different areas of the challenges that those populations might serve, you know, face. So people who really like mood disorders, that like trauma, I mean saying they like it doesn't feel right. They don't like trauma. They (laughs) they, they they have a developed development piece of that area. Um, And so I think the way you brand a group is around the values and around who you want to, what you want to be known for in the community. For us, it is about um, compassion and respect. Um, It also is about accessibility because, you know, we're a pro insurance practice. And so I really Mm -hmm. believe in making our services available to the community. So we meet folks where they are. Um, And then our others is about opportunity. So we are a ground where the professionals that are drawn here also have an opportunity to grow their expertise. So it's, Mm -hmm it's an opportunity for them as well as they're growing and and nurturing their professional selves. They're also serving the community. So once you've got a core sense of the values that your group is going to represent, well, then you can use that um, to develop the overarching brand for your practice. Um, I think that's where the taglines that you create are less about who you serve, but why you serve them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I like that. So when I just wanted to bring that up because I know that that's also another part of your expertise and understanding since you live it and breathe it. And I think that it's suffice to say, like what I hear is even when you're in a group, you bring you are still bring yourself to the table and you're still showing up in that branding. Um, And it's a value to the people that work for you, the clients, all of that stuff. So when people are thinking, eh, branding, I look at logos, and I freak out, and the website, and the message, and ah, can't someone just do this for me? (laughs)
1: Parts of it. But a recipe for um, wanting your branding consultant or your marketing professional to want to divorce you is coming to the table with no knowledge of who you are and what you're wanting them to help you bring to life, right? Um, Right. I even think it's possible to DIY some aspects of your brand if you're clear enough about what you're wanting to communicate. Right.
0: I will say for the first time we've never hired copywriters ever until last year. Mm -hmm. But in the past, when we had tried many, many moons ago, it was like, we got really clear. We're like, okay, this is what we want. And this is, and it made the copywriting experience so like juicy. And helpful to people reading it, all of it. So I think there is something about taking the time to get clear first,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah. And then the person that you're working with, they love you because you're the kind of client that lets them be in their genius zone. Yes. So a great copywriter, a great designer, once you give them what they're working with, now they've got the tools to create the masterpiece, um, so I think when it comes to creating your own brand message and clarity around who it is you're wanting to serve and how and how to represent that, it really is about knowing knowing your niche, what the intention is of the work that you're wanting to do, and how can I represent that with colors and fonts that kind of bring that to life, colors, fonts, and images. Um, building a font-based logo that's consistent with your brand is easy peasy once you've got <laughs> About what you're trying to do. You, you, you get the right color scheme. You get a font that feels consistent with what you're trying to represent and voila, right? <laughs> so it doesn't have to be a very complicated thing when we know what we're trying to build, right? Right. If there's anything I want to do is make the work of branding accessible for, the, there I am again with my value around accessibility. Um, I want to make it accessible to therapists so that they can see how easy it is for them to get clear about what they're wanting to represent and then find ways to bring that to life. It doesn't have to be um, a really dramatic and difficult process. You can become brand confident once you start aligning your values, knowing who you're wanting to serve, and being willing to be seen as an expert in that area.
0: You're very busy. (laughs) Before we got on this call, well you and I were chatting before I hit record Mm -hmm. and you've got a lot going on. I mean you've got the foundation and all the consulting you do but you were saying too like you have some other things like a course on becoming brand confident. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure, sure. So
0: becoming brand
1: confident, I feel like it's the first step in getting acquainted with this brand of yours, right? Getting to know what it is and and how to communicate it clearly. And so you walk away from that with clarity around your mission, and I don't mean the dry plaque that sits on corporate walls, right? <laughs> no mission, none of those mission statements, but clarity around the mission and the values that you have for the work that you're wanting to do and your unique niche and the style of who you are as you're working with them. Um, and so that Brand Confident course, it's it's a home study course, but it also has a, a, a discovery call where we bring it all together once you've done your pre-work. And, and to me, that's the best part because once someone's actually gone through all of the pre-work and then we have that conversation, I'm always able to offer them clarity around what I call brand extensions. T- places where maybe, you know, initially you're doing work around individual work with your clients, but your brand is always going to have potential for you to grow into this in years to come. And so we've talked to folks about creating their own therapeutic modalities. We have one woman who wants to serve, um, you know, uh, children in foster care that are have emotional dysregulation to the degree that most therapists are not wanting to engage and don't know how to connect. And she's got a way of connecting. So she's wanting to teach that to other organizations. And so all of these brand extensions are ways that you take your brand outside of the chair. And start to build your business beyond just what you're doing in the office it's the fun stuff it's the fun stuff, Kelly. I love it <laughs> it's the fun stuff
0: well, you're on brand <laughs> I'm doing air quotes that people can't see, but it's very clear what your values are and just how you show up and the joy and enthusiasm you bring about this kind of work and I appreciate. I appreciate that because it's something that our community needs. It's not about being the McDonald's of therapy. It is about really connecting with people, helping them and being on purpose. I love that. So beautiful. So if people are wanting to learn more about how to become brand confident, how could they get started?
1: Sure. Perfectivepractice.com is the best place to go. I mean, not only do we have a free branding webinar there, They can access the Brand Confident program there. And there's so many blogs I've written recently about how to avoid the bland brand and other things that will give you the right perspective to approach this idea of branding. So I would definitely visit perfectedpractice.com. Sweet. Thank you for doing this with me. Kelly, thank you. Thank you for showing up the way that you do so consistently across the board and being just such a wonderful, encouraging support for therapists. I love what you do on social media.
0: You are right. (laughs) Thank you. This just goes to show people how uh, an Instagram post can bring people together. Honestly, like Yes. You just never you never know you just show up, do your thing, share your message, and it 'll land where it needs to and so i 'm glad you landed in my newsfeed and i we got to connect in this way, and I will put the links for people to connect with you, and hopefully we 'll have some more conversations around this that it doesn 't stop here. so okay. thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Have a good one. I hope you love today 's episode.